Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? What's up, buddy? What's up, buddy? Is what What's up, buddy? Say. What's up, buddy? <laughs> new intro. New intro to the show. <laughs> What's up, nerds? Welcome to another episode of the Multiverse Report. We're recapping Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 5, and the Bad Batch Season 2 finale from... I forgot my places. Man, this is the worst intro ever. Ariadu to Mount to Mandalore. Yeah, yeah. And everywhere in between. My name is Mike Gibson. Steve, start talking and save me from this terrible, <laughs> terrible intro. Hey, we've had worse over the years, but uh, yeah, no, um, it's, <laughs> it's up there. Uh, but yeah, the if anyone is in, the, I guess, straight off the bat, spoiler warning for either of these properties and yeah. anything and everything Star Wars at this point, because we're probably going to end up going deep and there's one big spoiler that we're going to get into. Um, well, more of a cameo and where where it's going to lead. But um there oh. were so many cameos. Yes, I think there were in both of these. Mm-hmm. I mean, com- both of these combined, just cameo city this week in Star Wars. Yes, and I was very excited about all of them. Oh, I was there for I, all of it. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, I guess there's only there's there's one name that needs to start this episode. There's one in Man- the we're talking about Mando. We're, first? Yeah, Mando first. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Garazeb Aurelios, baby, in live action. <laughs> so for any, I lost my mind. Yeah, I, I was. So yeah, yeah, it was just like I saw it on the screen. I'm like, but they, it's a Lasat. And then I heard the voice. I'm like, yeah. that sounds like, no, that can't be. That there's no. Yeah. Oh, it is. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did like a gasp. Yeah. Like a, <gasps> and my wife's like, what? And I go. I was like, is that Zeb? She's like, who <laughs> Zeb? I don't know who Zeb is. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. Okay, so, yeah, Mandalorian. Um, I thought this was a really cool episode. It was a fun episode. It was. And it kind of connected a few um, things that you and I had been <laughs> meh about on this season so far, how it seemed like a lot of disparate plot lines that didn't seem like they were coming together anytime soon and bam this episode uh kind of nailed it um because you and i were texting kind of like i don't know if this season's like weird like what's happening i don't really know like what what direction is this season going in right it seemed like they were like setting things up like they're like oh i have to bathe in the living waters of mandalore i was like oh that's going to be the driver of the whole season but nope he just does it in the next episode right he's done like oh okay lands on the planet Um, takes a dip problem solved yeah problem solved i was like oh okay i felt like that was gonna be the whole season i thought was him (laughs) trying to get there or something but nope um but this brings back um uh, or it brings together his uh reintegration with his mandalorian um buddies that are in his religious cult um it pulls uh bo-katan Kree's and her storyline tighter into uh that sect of mandalorians and din Djarin, and it also bridges what they are doing with what we learned in the first episode about uh what's that guy's name um grief karga i can never yeah. remember his name 
uh, and him and rule being the new high magistrate of Navarro or whatever that seemed just like a super filler out of place. What is going on in this first episode of the season? Now those things have all come together um, in a way that I think is satisfying. And now it seems like they are forecasting the remainder of the season by what happened at the end of this um, episode. But all of that said, I like this episode a lot. And I guess I just wanted to give like a little bit of a summary for the people listening. Well, and don't they did that all Zeb with Zeb is right. right. <laughs> they yeah. did that all without any of those pieces being the driving plot of the episode. Yeah, it was all right. uh, Paul Sun Hung Lee, Sun Hyung Lee, uh, and his Carson Teva character that uh, is one of the X Wing pilots that has been kind of weaved in and out of the plot over yeah. the course at, that. He, you know, he got to shine in this episode and it was great to see him, you know, get some legs. It was really great. And I love I love that he's that they're still using that character that he's been in. He was in a couple episodes of Mandalorian, maybe maybe like one in season one, one in season two. He's yep. also in an episode of Boba Fett. Mandalorian centric episode of Boba Fett. And now he's here. So it's like a character that we recognize. We kind of know his deal. He's like you know, just a ranger of the new Republic. Just, you know, I, I, I assume like X-Wing pilots have become like beat cops almost. That's what it seems like. like, Yeah. Yeah. Like I patrol the outer rim or like these couple planets or whatever. And, you know, Oh yeah. Well, um, and they went back to, uh, my, my wife's watching Top Gun Maverick right now. Um, Oh yeah. And so we started it last night and then she's finishing it tonight. And all I could think of is, uh, you know, when he goes back to a Delphi base, uh, that's the hard deck, like where we meet yeah, Zeb. Right. Like it, it's the bar yeah. from Top Gun. <laughs> the, the, yeah, the right. Star Wars yeah. version of Top Gun, which, as anyone who listens knows, is exactly what I want to see in a movie. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. we could just get yeah. more of that. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, okay. So those of you who don't know who Zeb is and why um, Steve and I are freaking out about him is that uh, that means that you have never watched the animated series Star Wars Rebels, which is incredible um and wonderful and this character uh is one of the main characters of the core you know it's a core like a classic ragtag group of misfits that come together and you know there's like five i think of them right originally yeah yeah there's, there's ezra and, yeah ezra kanan zeb Hera Sabine, and, Sabine. and Hera and chopper yeah and chopper yeah so if you count the droid then there's six but um uh, Zeb is one of the main ones and I never, you know, we're getting all these like drops and hints and announcements of rebel characters that have been cast mm-hmm. or have appeared or will appear. We know that wasn't it confirmed that Mary Elizabeth Winstead is playing Hera Syndulla in Ahsoka, the Ahsoka show. Uh, I don't know if it was confirmed who she was playing. It was confirmed. She was in it. I think. It was she's definitely in it, but I high maybe speculation, it was a rumor, I but think I was, remember yeah. I remember hearing that she was playing Hera, which would fit because that's a big character and she's a pretty solid actress and she's a you know, a name. Yep. Um so that would fit. Well and it continues and I I, it would continue the trend. Because Ewan McGregor's uncle is in Star Wars is uh Wedge. Oh yeah, that's right. I and then her that. husband is Obi Wan. Yes, that's true. Her partner, yeah. I don't know what uh, they go yep, by, but yeah, she's married to um Married or, yeah, in love with. Uh, you and McGregor. McGregor. Yeah. Um, 
And then we know they cast someone as Ezra, didn't they? Cast someone as Ezra Bridger cast, in Ahsoka? The same kind of deal where they cast someone who it was very easy to infer that that's going to be Ezra. Yeah. Um, and then they Sabine was officially... Sabine yeah, is officially was cast. Was Natasha, Natasha Bordulizo or something? Uh, don't know yeah, where that popped out of my brain from. but So we're um, getting all these rebel character announcements. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, we see another one in uh, in Mandalorian. Right. That it I makes don't me think, think that they're like, yeah, like, are, how cool would it be to get a fifth season of Rebels, but in live action? Wouldn't that be amazing? Oh, yeah. Well, and so I'm cool. I'm almost curious. And again, down the rabbit hole here. But by the end of this, do we see like a Thrawn cameo setting up the big bed for the rest of everything going on out here? We've gotten Mount yeah. Tannis in in Bad Batch. We've gotten Zeb here. We've got the inference that everything's going towards him. Like Ahsoka literally mentions him in says his name. Yeah. Uh, season two. Like, is that where this is driving? And please let well, uh, Lars Mikkelsen Look, play him. <laughs> I I know that he's. Uh, I mean, I feel like he's going to be the the focus or a plot point of the Ahsoka show yeah. whether or not they want to reveal him before that I guess remains to be seen um, we are pretty off the rails when it comes to talking about the episode oh, that never <laughs> of Mandalorian happens. at this point but um, but yeah no I guess more more on that as it as it develops more on live action rebel characters and if you haven't watched Star Wars Rebels you really should it's great yeah I guess just watch it easy easy watch top Wars. 10 watch Clone Wars yeah easy yeah. top 10 Star Wars for me um yeah it's also easier to get into than clone wars i think because a lot of people think the first couple seasons of clone wars are a little clunky i am i rewatch and realizing it's not it's just not what you expected it to be like so much of star wars Mm -hmm. you go in knowing what it is i think it's really good anyway rebels much easier to get into is more like accessible because there are new there they're new characters so you don't have expectations you are learning about them as you watch them so um it's excellent but yeah, back uh, but, to Gorian Shard and his merry pirate gang. Um, yes, uh, Gorian Shard being uh, Swamp Thing, fish face Swamp Thing, yep. space face fish Swamp Thing guy. There you right? go. Yeah. Yep. Um, love bring. It's like so. Like, there's no possible way that that wasn't that design of that character wasn't specifically a ripoff of Swamp Thing. Like, no, hundred percent. Besides the fish mouth. Even like the triangle kind of nose and like the two things that come down from his, like the bridge of his nose yeah. like around his face. Like that's Swamp Thing. Like that's the only character in history that has that little like, well, thing. I don't know. Man thing. I know. But... Of the... No, Man Thing's got like well, the yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. He's got tendril. the mouth tentacle. He's got like yeah. the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Comes mouth from below, tentacle, not from, yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. Um, um, maybe like maybe it was seaweed salad that he was just looking at when they created it. I don't know. <laughs> um, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. We got more of Gorian shard. Did he die at the end of this? He just ran he, away. No, he was I on know. the ship that went down. Oh, the ship blew up. That's Vane, right. Okay, yeah. His so he, second in command died. there. The other guy, the other guy flew away. Yeah. And this actually, I w- so quick, quick sidebar on that. So Vane, his second in command took off. I heard a thought on the thank the maker podcast, which is actually a bunch of, uh, guys from various bands that have a uh, Star Wars podcast. Um, I'm jealous. Okay. <laughs> well, you're a guy from a band that has a Star Wars podcast. It's not specifically a Star well, Wars podcast. Right now it is. Yeah. 
Um, right now it is. But they were they were saying, is Vane heading off because there's only so many you know notable pirates out there. There's one big one that's really tied into all this rebel stuff. When I saw that the name of this episode was the pirate, I immediately thought we're going to meet Hondo Onaka, yeah. uh, like a live version of Hondo <laughs> in this yep. episode. I was wrong, but I still think it's possible. Yeah. Um, because yeah, the character's been around. The character is first introduced in Clone Wars and then he's a big time in Rebels. And I mean, I don't mean to spoil anything for you, Steve, but Hondo Onaka plays a pretty pivotal role in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. That's what I've heard. Like, yeah, like he's there. Yep. See that guy. So um, I don't know if they're like, let's take this character and blow him up a little bit. But and, you know, maybe maybe we'll see him in. I he I feel like he's a character that has big potential to appear in, in live action. Oh, yeah. And could um, translate well. Like it's it's yeah. easy enough to pull him off. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I really loved uh, the action. This episode was great. I think like the Mandalore uh, Mandalorians invading Navarro were like, you know, coming down from the, the gunship with their yeah. uh, jetpacks. That was awesome. Like landing and just like wrecking shop um, it was really awesome. We got to see the armorer um, beat the hell out of somebody <laughs> with their little uh, like armor. Yeah, with gloves. the hammer and great. tongs. Yeah. Um, the. Uh, Wait, we're actually I really like we're, we're going to talk about Mandalorians in the Mandalorian, not everything but which we just did for the last. Yeah, I'm trying. Long. I'm trying to hone it back in so okay. we can at least wrap it up. Fair enough. Got a whole other episode to do, but um, the I was confused a little bit at the end when the armor asked Bo-Katan to take her helmet off. Yeah. Um, but my by the end of it, my assumption was that just like be she because she because the armorer knows that Bo-Katan. Like she says, you walk between two worlds or whatever, between mm-hmm. both of our worlds. You are the one that can unite our people. And but the first time the armorer said, we need to bring all Mandalorians on board. We need to br- bring them all here. I thought she was saying we need to convert all of them to our obsessed cult that never takes their helmets off. Right. But I don't think that's what she's saying. I think she just means like Mandalorians in general. Mm-hmm. We need to regroup and reform and this could be the planet that we are able to do it on since we are welcome here and we're, we have been granted our own right. land. And she recognizes that Bo-Katan is a true leader having led the Mandalorians this, this attack on like the pirates on Navarro, like successfully mm-hmm. she's the true leader that can do it despite her not having the dark saber, which I, I mean, that's still gonna gotta happen at some point, right? Like she's going to have to challenge Din for the Darksaber at some point. There's got to be something that happens because, well, that's kind of a big deal. Kind of is a big deal. Kind of is a big deal. Um, and uh, then, I mean, I was about to call it a post-credit scene, but it was not a post-credit scene. It just seemed very like, much felt like it, though. Felt like it should have been, but they didn't want people to not see it. Yeah. <laughs> so they put it before the credits rolled. Um, the uh, same pilot. Um, Carson Teva. Carson Teva. Sure. Uh, finds uh, the ship that was transporting Moff Gideon and it's been wrecked and uh, Gideon is gone and he finds a fragment of Beskar alloy implying that it was Mandalorians that broke Gideon out. Um, 
Do you think that Mandalorians are the ones that broke Moff getting out, or do you think they are being set up? I would assume they're being set Well, back it up. Uh, yes and no. Mm-hmm. There's okay. still a lot of untied up, uh, like actual Death Watch uh, speculation, or like the mm-hmm. Mall, the Maldalorians, if you will. Uh, any of any like there, there's those people out there somewhere that yeah. were there's other followers. asshole Mandalorians out there that could yeah. have a stake in it. Um, and also, um, who did Din get all that Beskar from? the empire oh yeah 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 Yeah, of course so (laughs) are they did he get it from are they setting him up are they like trying to not necessarily din but like use that as a uh a quick you know red herring well the empire famously hates mandalorian so um if uh the the empire that is left they even said something we haven't we haven't mentioned it all by the way that Tim Meadows was in this episode. Also <laughs> true. Great, and uh, a puffer pig office. reference. And a what? Puffer pig reference. Did you catch that? Oh, I guess I missed that. No, I think I don't think I did. Uh, Swamp Thing at one point uh, mentioned a puffer pig. I was like, oh, oh, I get that. I get that reference. Oh, I missed it. But yeah, Tim Meadows. Um, yeah. Uh, surprising to see him in Star Wars, but in a role that fits Tim Meadows. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like a swashbuckling jedi or anything it was like a it's an office guy right <laughs> like yeah requisitions yeah, officer or something guy. yeah we can't do this yeah in that scene somewhere i think it was um uh carson i think that said something about the empire's regrouping or they're becoming something else or something yeah. like that it's just like yo they are setting up these sequels like crazy they're like connecting dots yeah sure um gotta fill in that game which is cool to yeah, which is but and it, but it's cool to see them doing it so far in advance because you know there's like 20 years or whatever between Return of the Jedi and mm-hmm. Force Awakens, so they have a ton of time, and we're in year we're like five to seven we're like seven years into that 20 years, so they still have a long way to go. So they can't they can't do everything, but it's it's fun to see like the little breadcrumbs and then connecting them myself, being like, oh well, this could be this, and then this is going to turn into yeah. Oh yeah, big fan. Um, hopefully, the series uh, kind of has a more of a direction moving forward than uh, the first couple episodes here. Yeah this this one seemed oh, yeah. to give it we its run. Talked about Bad Batch at all? <laughs> I forgot this is supposed to be Mando and oh, Bad Batch. Yeah, um, I I think I'm putting off Bad Batch just for the uh, the visceral reaction it caused. Oh yeah, like putting off talking about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we don't often see major characters meet their demise in Star Wars, but we did. We sure did. Yep. And that's a bummer. R.I.P. Tech. Yep. Probably should just, I mean, you said in the beginning, spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> These two episodes, but um, yeah. And I can't see this. I mean, it's Star Wars. They could figure out, you know, there's been plenty of times in Star Wars where people seemed very, very dead and turned out to not be. Right. See Maul, um, Darth. Yeah, see Emperor, comma, the... Um, Somehow. Yeah, uh, but this does not strike me as something that Tech is going to come back from. This seems like uh, he fell... Because we, we didn't see his body. That's like right. the, the wiggle... There's people that still think body. Samuel Jackson and Mace Windu are uh, kicking. So Yeah, yeah. I know. 
but yeah, I, I think tech, the way they set him up this year, this season, um, there was so much character development, which in my brain meant, yeah, he's, he's going to be, it makes sense that he's dead. Dude, in this episode, or in, in, I mean, the season finale was two episodes. They just released yeah. two episodes at once. It wasn't like an hour long episode. It was just two regular 23 minute, whatever ones. In the beginning of the first one, episode 15, that woman. Fee. That, yeah, that Wanda Sykes yep. voices literally like flirted with him and was like, make sure you come home or something like that, you yeah. know? And right then, the death knell. I should have been, I should <laughs> yeah. have been like, oh, he's going to die. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I wasn't. But as soon as he did, I was like, oh, of course he died because they gave him a reason to live. Like, right. that's how it always works. The I character had the same reaction. The character that suddenly gets a reason to live is about to die mm-hmm. 100% of the time. Um, so, yeah, I should have seen it coming. Uh, but other than that, uh, this was a really great two episodes, I think. Oh, yeah. Super cool stuff. And like we mentioned Cameo City earlier, not only did we get a sit-down uh, meeting with Governor Tarkin, mm-hmm. um, you know, commander of the Death Star in uh, Star Wars A New Hope, uh, who else is sitting at that table with him but uh, Director Krennic? And although he does not say a word, it's clearly modeled to look like Ben Mendelsohn. And he's wearing the white um, yep. kind of like officer stuff like he does in Rogue One. And at the end of that meeting, Tarkin turns to Mendelsohn. Tarkin turns to not Mendelsohn, that's the actor's name, turns to Krennic and says, please give us an update on Project Stardust which is the project name for the building of the Death Star. These are direct Rogue One references, which I love seeing. Love seeing. Um, because I feel like we don't get a ton of them. Besides like Andor, which the only reference to it is that the same, the guy is in it. You know, like they right. don't reference any like plot points from Rogue One. It's just the same character, Cassian. But this was like Easter egg, Rogue One. Easter egg, Rogue One. Like, yeah. Sagarera. And then Saw Gerrera shows up yeah. like two minutes later. <laughs> yeah, it was so awesome because I was like, oh, why are those stormtroopers fighting? Who I was like, who are those possibly going to be? Like, I have no idea in this timeline who would be dressed like stormtroopers. And I was like, oh, Saw Gerrera, of course, and his team. Amazing. Uh, so cool. Um, yep. And then uh, so like, yeah, then Tech dies in the beginning of the second episode. That was a cool scene with the trains. Um, I think Star Wars needs more, spend more time on trains because I feel like it worked in Solo. A lot of time, like I know that c- whole scene in Solo was awesome. That yeah. train robbery in Solo was great, and then um, this was super tense, uh, not having the power and oh yeah, it was so it was so good, it's so good. Yeah, it was it was a hundred percent one of those where it wasn't obvious how they were going to get their way out of that. So yeah, like a right. lot of times, you know, they especially in you know, some of these shows that can be a little more rope, uh, they get into a pickle and you're like, oh, okay, this is how they're going to get out. Let's see what's going on, blah, blah, blah. Right. With that, it was th- that whole scene. It was just like, I don't know what's going on. So let's just keep riding it and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Keeps the tension high because you yeah. haven't, you don't know. It's not obvious. Yeah. Um, just so they go back to, uh, Ord Mantel where, um, their old buddy Sid seems to take them in, but then sells them out to um, the Empire, which is a bummer. Yep. Um, and over the and course then, of the, uh, the season, she had been kind of uh, slowly distancing herself from the yeah, guys. Adversarial. So, yeah. yeah, for sure. 
Um, and they all get captured and they take uh, Omega away to the clone um, factory on wherever. What's the name of that mountain again? Mount Tantus on Wayland. Mount Tantus on Wayland, the planet Wayland. Yep. Or at least it was and, in the um, EU. I don't know if it still is there. Okay. Now you said, was it at the beginning of this episode or was it before we started recording that you said you had something to say about Mount Tantus in general or the cloning facilities? Yeah, no. Uh, so Mount Tantus is in the Star Wars lore from the original Thrawn trilogy. That's where it featured. Um, okay. Where a where Thrawn and a crazy Jedi master were trying to clone things. And um, there's a whole whole subplot around it. But um, very prominent in the Timothy Zahn novels. Uh, very tied to Thrawn. So I'm, again, more breadcrumbs pointing to him showing up everywhere very yeah. soon. Yeah, for sure. Um, I would dr- I would the, dive much deeper, but we don't have the time. We don't have much time. Uh, but at the very end, um, Omega is pushed into this cloning chamber. Uh, she sees Crosshair tied up where we saw him last. Yep. And uh, Emiri Carr... Reveals herself to be another female clone. We thought Omega was the only female clone that there was. This is not a huge surprise, seeing as that uh, the woman is clearly voiced by the same woman that voices Omega. The, the whole and like she's been in other episodes this whole season, and every time I was like, I mean, sure, there's there's tons of people in the world from New Zealand. I get that, so they all have the same accent, but it seems weird to cast this character and have her speak with a New Zealand accent when you have so many other characters already speaking with a New Zealand accent. It's like you can't find somebody else. It's clearly the same voice that's doing Omega. And I was like, oh, okay. That now it makes sense because they're genetically identical. So it needs to be the same voice, you know, more or less. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, so. anyway, Bad Batch is great. Watch it if you haven't, but if you haven't, why are you watching this or why are you listening to this? I don't know. I don't know that answer. Um, but you should go watch it if you haven't. And um, the other thing you should do is keep watching us because we're about to go away for like 10 seconds and we're going to come back with our whole weekly news, nerd news wrap up, a lot of Marvel stuff we're talking about. Um, no Star Wars stuff because we're they're holding out till Celebration, I believe. Yeah, Maybe which is next week. next week. Coming right up. So anyway, stay tuned for that. And that's all I got to say. Steve, you got anything else to say? No, if you're not coming back, then feel free to like, subscribe, uh, check out all the socials, the multiverse support at most of them, multiverse RPT on Twitter. Um, beyond that, uh, yeah, leave us, a, leave us a, yeah, leave us a subscription, leave us a review yeah, on Apple don't. podcasts and subscribe and that'll help our, our cause out. Do we have a cause? All right, What's we'll our s- cause? Our cause is doing this podcast the best that we can possibly do to the most people that will possibly listen. So all that stuff that Steve just mentioned, do it so we can do that. And uh, we'll be back with a full episode in about 10 seconds. So until then, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the multiverse. Goodbye.